It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So high right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama, baby, ma. Anything's possible. Jay's back with the vengeance back. All the real Celtics fans in attendance. This the truth like 34. This like walking in the garden when you hear the roars. The crowd goes crazy. Most in-depth coverage on the daily. Mainly podcast royalty, the content kings. When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings, 17 banners. Way up in the rafters, J. King, John Corrales, and Sam Jam Packard. Focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it, got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's, that's the best way. Welcome back. This is the Lockdown Celtics Podcast. We want to thank you for making us part of your regular routine. And we're here for you after a Team USA beatdown of the Czech Republic. 88-67, fueled in large part by the four Boston Celtics. Three of them more than Jalen Brown, but... The Boston Celtics, who were on the team, all did play some role in this, again, 88-67 win over the Czech Republic in the first game of the group stage in the FIBA World Cup Tournament. We're going to talk about it. We're the Rain and Jays. I am John Corrales. I cover the team for MassLive.com. Joined by the kid, Jay King, who covers the team for The Athletic. Uh, Jay? First impressions here in the real game. This is actual real FIBA World Cup basketball. What's your first takeaway from this game? Team USA was better than the Czech Republic. (laughs) Thomas Sadoransky is a basketball god of sorts, but he wasn't quite enough to beat a team that was filled with 12 guys that were better than the rest of his teammates. Yeah, basically what it boils down to. Sadoransky was good. He's a good player. Like you tweeted out, and I retweeted you. Like I don't understand what the hell the Wizards were thinking, not playing him, barely playing him, unless it was uh, an injury that got him into the lineup, and then letting him go to the Chicago Bulls. I don't know. I don't know what's going on there, but whatever. I've Let's never play. been prouder than I am leading off a podcast about the Celtics with, with Thomas Satterrand. <laughs> <laughs> this is the highlight of my entire career, maybe my life. Oh, man. Well, he was good. And for a little while, it seemed like he was going to be good enough to keep the Czech Republic in it. But in the second quarter, Jason Tatum took over. So let's start with Jason. We'll do this like – Sort of by player. We'll focus on Tatum, then we'll get to Kemba, and then we'll do like Smart and Jalen, and, and they'll just carry this through this this entire podcast. So we'll start with uh, Jason Tatum, who had the most spectacular stretch of play. Um, I thought Kemba was good, but kind of Donovan like, Mitchell had a hell of a stretch in the late in the game too. Oh, absolutely, yeah. But Don't sleep about, on Donovan. No, no, I was talking about just the Celtics. I was just talking okay. about the four okay. Celtics. But yes, Donovan Mitchell had a good stretch. Uh, I think um, uh, Chris Middleton, who we've talked about, had a kind of woke up a little bit in the fourth quarter. But of the Celtics, I think Jason Tatum had 
the most kind of condensed stretch of like great play. As I was saying, like Kemba, Kemba was good, but kind of like consistently good throughout Marcus smart had a run again. We'll talk about that later, but Tatum's second quarter, which started with a transition three and then the pass, the cross court pass, uh, finding Donovan Mitchell in the corner, the drive, uh, baseline, a blocked shot, another three, like that stretch is what separated the game for the United States. I thought Jason Tatum kind of showed a complete uh, domination of that stretch. He kind of did a little bit of everything. And most importantly, he did none of those bad things that we kind of get on him for when he's, when he's been doing that for the Celtics. Yeah, I, I thought he was very good. I thought, he and Smart both got blown by by the Czech guards a couple times, which was weird. But I guess that's what happens. Team USA was pressuring up hard on all the guards, so sometimes that'll happen. Um, yeah, I, I thought he was really good. He went to the hole, showed off what I think definitely looks like increased strength and a little more muscle. Tatum's going to be on muscle watch for training camp. <laughs> yes. He's definitely going to be on muscle watch. Um uh, his stats, overall stats, didn't look great. He had, what was it? Well, I got it right here in front of me, so I'll read it. Ten off. points on something on, ten points on four for eleven shooting. Ten points, yep, four of eleven shooting, which doesn't obviously doesn't look good. Uh, yeah, but he he but, missed a few bunnies, like just layups that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll normally make, and it came after good, strong, aggressive moves. Those aren't ones that you'll you'll be mad about from an analysis standpoint. Exactly, and he was two of five from three, so forty percent from there. Uh, no free throws, but you know that's. But he he made moves that will, over time, result yes. in free throws, which Absolutely. I think is is the more promising aspect of it. Like it, he wasn't shying away from contact. He wasn't settling for mid range jumpers. He had. One really nice pass to Donovan Mitchell in the corner, or he he drove to the lane and found M- Mitchell in the opposite corner. Like he he's he's played a, a pretty polished game for the most part. Even though I guess he's had a couple of stretches of inefficient offense, and including in today's game against the Czech Republic. But he's definitely gotten stronger. He's definitely going to the hoop. I think with more authority. Either that, or he's just playing like miniature Czech Republic dudes <laughs> that, that I think has to be a caveat that yeah. has to be kind of put out there in all of this, that the Czech Republic is not a good basketball team. So some of this is definitely picking on smaller guys. However, it's, it was in that stretch in that second quarter it was just brilliant. That's what he's supposed to do. Like, you're not supposed to toy with those those lesser defenders. You're supposed to pick them apart and make them really pay the price. Mutilate those Czech bastards. That's right, and he did, <laughs> and he did. Uh, now, I will say. like, I'm sorry to any Czechoslovakian listeners. No, I didn't mean no. it. <laughs> it wasn't personal. It was just. It was uh, just a dumb joke, just uh, an awful joke. Uh, he did, I think, in the third, fourth quarter, get a little bit. I think kind of cute or a little too focused on his own thing. And I think that might've been a, uh, because of the score, I think in the third quarter, like the game was over. So I think he could just kind of like, all right, let's, let me try to do this and try to do that. And it was 
more the kind of the stuff that we saw in the exhibition portion of the uh, of the tournament uh, or of the the schedule. But after the first quarter, it was seventeen fourteen USA, and the Czech Republic, I believe, had a lead at one point. So starting in the second quarter, there was some urgency there. So I think when we saw that focus is when Tatum, when he had that opportunity, took over. Two things in that in that stretch. That pass is uh, to Mitchell in the corner, I think is kind of an important thing that he's been able to spot. He's been making those passes in this month, this past month. And one thing that we didn't see in his drives were the – the losing the ball thing. Like how many times when he has been driving, would he lose the ball? And maybe it's because of NBA defenders versus check defenders, but he, at least when he drove took care of the ball, which I think is at least important. They couldn't wait for it. Check him. (laughs) (laughs) So bad, Jay. That was was the worst. I hate myself. That was really, really bad. Uh, So Jason Tatum, had a, a very nice stretch there in that second quarter. Kemba Walker was just kind of really good throughout. Why don't we take a break? We'll come back and we'll talk about Kemba Walker's performance for Team USA when we return here on the Locked On Celtics podcast. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Here we go! John Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet, wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Boston Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Just 18 minutes for Kemba Walker, but in those 18 minutes, he scored 13 points on 6 of 8 shooting, uh, 5 of 5 inside the line, 1 of 3 from behind 
the arc, four assists, which was a team high for Team USA, uh, plus 11 if you're into the plus-minus things, which we all know Greg Popovich is very much not. Uh, a nice game for Kemba. I, I just feel like Kemba against these international guards so far has just been able to do whatever he wants. He's just... Him and Donovan Mitchell together in the backcourt, it's impossible to stop these guys. Kemba has been so just cool and fluid. And one of a few guys, very few guys, throughout this entire month that has just kind of been in total control of his game the whole time. Everybody else seems to be trying to figure something out for the most part. Maybe not Donovan Mitchell, but Kemba has been in total control. He's playing his game. He's enjoying it. He's doing it with ease. It's just very fluid and confident. Yeah, I think the rest of the team, like with the exception of Middleton and Lopez and the older guys, I guess, but a lot of the team is just like like just young dudes. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all, like you said, trying to figure it out, trying to still understand their games and learn how they can make an impact and especially learn how they can make an impact on such a good team. And Kemba, Kemba's a grown-up. And you can tell he's a grown-up on this team. Like, he's the guy that if they need a possession of just just normalcy, like, yeah. you can rely on Kemba. He's He's been really efficient. He's picked his spots. He almost killed a man with a step back, oh, which... Man. We should probably discuss quite a bit because <laughs> that poor Czechoslovakian. That was, yeah, he kind of ruined him. He ended a life there with a step back. It was. Yeah, that was checkmate. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, oh, God. Really, Jay? I'm, I'm going to have to ban you from the show. You, you have, like That's two strikes. That was, that was maybe even worse than the first one. It but... might have been. It might have been. But yeah, for the for those who didn't watch the game, Kemba just stopped on a dime and hit a three while uh, his defender was just falling to the ground, basically like spinning around eight feet away. He created probably probably at least eight feet of separation. It was it was really really impressive. But he's just much quicker than any guard they're going to face in the tournament. Yeah, it's it's not even close. And like you said, with with him and Mitchell. I think that's the strength of this Team USA is that, like, yes, they have long wings and talented wings and Jason Tatum and Chris Middleton and Jalen Brown and Joe things. But the real strength in what separates them is that they have two guys who can get into the teeth of any defense and are way, way, way quicker than anybody they face in. But Kemba, beyond just being quick and more athletic than a lot of guys he's going to play against, he's he's just played played with a polish, layer of polish yeah. to him. And obviously the Celtics are going to need that. And I think, you know, when when you look at the way the other guys are fitting in on this team, it's like Tatum's one of the top scorers. Smart is just kind of sets a table and does smart things defensively. And Jalen is just kind of a jack of all trades right now, just trying to fit in where he, where he can get it. And Kemba is the center of it all, and I think that's kind of how it should be with the Celtics when once they start play. So in some ways, the hierarchy might already be starting to take shape for the actual Celtics, mm-hmm. which would be, I think, nice for Brad Stevens because last year the hierarchy never really happened, as it should have. 
and and maybe maybe over in China, you know, Team USA, the Team USA Celtics are starting to get it. Yeah, I mean that's a good point because we're, we are starting to see all all of that kind of pan out. The way they're playing is kind of how we would hope they would play for the Celtics. Jalen Brown might have something to say about that, but everyone else I think is is really. And Gordon Hayward, like he's he's going to be a big piece, of course, and he's obviously. not over there, obviously. Right. Uh, I think I think the Kemba's professionalism, his professional demeanor, his professional play, like he's just out there just doing his thing, and and there's nothing else that we can say about like he he's he's just playing his game. In the beginning in the first quarter, it was Kemba, uh, Tatum. And I think maybe Jalen Brown scored buckets. It was like Celtics seven, seven to two or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and then Kemba left the floor and things kind of fell apart for Team USA. And it wasn't until they figured out how to play the zone. Like they couldn't attack the zone. If you again, if you didn't see the game, Team USA had a real problem with the Czech Republic playing a two-three zone. And they just decided to take a bunch of jumpers. And it wasn't until they started actually attacking the seams. And I think they just need a little time to settle down. Once they started attacking that 2-3 zone, then the whole thing was all over. But Kemba kind of carried them, even with those problems. Kemba was just like, yeah, I got this. No no problem. And it, was, it wasn't until he left that you could see kind of, some issues with team USA trying to figure things out. Uh, ultimately, obviously they did, but Kemba that that's going to be, I think how this goes throughout the entire tournament that Kemba's Kemba's leadership, Kemba's a stabilizing force. I think his ability to go out there and play his game is, is going to be a big, big deal. And I was talking about this with David Locke. We did a, a post-game show that streamed. Com- contrast that to somebody like Chris Middleton, who's really, really struggled. Because he's not playing in this tournament the same way that he played in Milwaukee. They're not using him the same way. And he's kind of struggling a little bit. So Kemba's the one guy here that is completely playing the exact same way he would play in the NBA. So that that's really going to be a big deal for Team USA. Um, the other thing I want to note about Kemba is that I thought he played pretty well defensively. They had a part of their strategy was to try to switch bigger guys onto him when the U.S. was switching uh, on on defense, and he drew a foul in when he got posted up by a big the first time. That same guy tried to post him up, and Kemba defended it pretty well, actually forced a turnover. I thought that was encouraging. I think Kemba Walker's defense has been pretty encouraging during this tournament or during this this whole Team USA experience. Yeah, did you read uh, Sadoransky's quotes in Joe Varden's piece? No. I'm, I'm shamelessly plugging The Athletic, but sure. they were really funny because – one of them, he said, like, yeah, I'm not used to getting pressured like that in an NBA game. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that's just not normal. It's probably because, like you said, guys were just in different roles. They have more energy to expend defensively. They're not playing as many minutes. They can really get after it. And then his other quote was like, yeah, we're just not as good as Australia. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> which which was oh. hilarious and true. But but I think Kemba's Kem, Kem part of that, like, He's one of those guards really getting up into guys, but it, it 
it's Mitchell too, and it's Smart, and it's Jalen, and it's Tatum, mm-hmm. and a lot of guys. They have a lot of guys who can really get into guys, and especially with the limited minutes and limited touches, they they can really, really just decide to get after it. One yeah. thing we should talk about: uh, Tatum and Kemba both started. Yes. And Tatum, I think, I don't know whether that was up in the air, but he wasn't starting during all of the exhibition games. So he started a couple, I thought. He started a couple, but he didn't start all of them. So that I, I don't know what it means, but after training camp and several exhibitions, Jason Tatum was named a starter over Chris Middleton and several other very good NBA players. And then Smart and Jalen were the first two off the bench. So we should at least note that. I have no idea what it means. I don't think it matters much, but just just noteworthy. Sure, sure. And we, we had one stretch where it was Smart, Brown, and Tatum together on the floor, which was interesting. Uh, I don't know if we're going to get the all-four Celtics lineup. I haven't seen that yet, but who knows? They got to bust it out against Japan or something, right? Uh, you'd like to think so, right? Like, Turkey and Japan yeah. are not good teams. Uh, who cares? So, no, no, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. Like, you, they're not good teams, so. I don't know, man. Jetty Osmond may, may just destroy some mofos. <laughs> I mean, okay. Sure. I mean, he's good. He's a good player. I mean, he's no Thomas Sadoransky, but who knows? <laughs> uh, uh, I, I, just a final thing when it comes to, like, Kemba and the defense. You talk about, first of all, We've said this before, 10-minute quarters, not 12. So it's a 40-minute game, not 48. And with such depth and playing a team as bad as the Czech Republic, Kemba played 18 minutes. The only two guys that played more than 20 minutes were Smart, who played 21. Donovan Mitchell played 25. Everybody else played less than 20 minutes. It was classic Marcus Smart, wasn't it? Like, doesn't start, comes off the bench. Still gets as many minutes as anyone on yeah. Team USA. Like it doesn't matter. He's just gonna soak up minutes. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's gonna be the coach's coach's favorite. Oh, of course, of course. Well, While well. also driving a coach insane with occasionally <laughs> bonkers decisions. I thought his decision making was good, though. We're gonna talk about that when we come back. Take a break. More Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown talk after this on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. You are Locked On Celtics, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Mentioned Marcus Smart before the break. Uh, his numbers in 21 minutes, uh, just a little bit of everything. Just four points, which not a shock. Uh, 0 of 1 from 3. He was uh, surprisingly 0 for 2 from the line. Four rebounds, two assists, a couple of turnovers, a couple of fouls. Uh, what else? Plus four. No blocks, surprisingly. He almost had one insane put back dunk that was so close to going going down but just kind of fell out of his hands but uh marcus smart i think kind of i don't want to say struggled early on but in the second quarter no third quarter third quarter he came in and was i think more patient kind of let things develop that's when he got to the rim a couple of times and finished a couple Broke of Broke off that sick Hezzy in the on the that baseline. Was, yep. That was just like, lost someone, yeah. Yep. I mean, that was I think he might have been playing a little too fast. I think these guys in general are playing a little bit too fast. Timing's a little bit off. We saw guys bumping into each other. I saw 
Tatum bumping into Brooke Lopez a couple of times. Like there's still, even after this month, a little discombobulated. They're not all there. So, but that third quarter, I think was, was smarts kind of really good quarter where he took control. That's where he had a couple of assists. That's where he got those baskets, like you said. So, and I think part of this is also a function of Marcus Smart missing so much time with that calf thing. So finally we saw him get settled. And, and I think that third quarter is important for Smart because it did take him so much, so, so long to kind of get into the groove. I, uh, one kind of comical moment for me was when I think he was setting a screen and he kind of got run over. I wasn't sure whether he flopped or not. But he got knocked to the ground, and I was just wondering, like, what would happen if Smart had one of his epic, like, flare-ups on Team USA? Oh, like, like going after Joel Embiid, or yeah, like, like if he just goes after some like random Japanese dude in a few days, or like <laughs> just just trucks some some tur- little Turkish guard. I don't know. <laughs> like, how, how does Popovich handle that? How does FIBA handle that? Obviously, we know, like, the NBA, they have their fines, they have their suspensions, but, like, what would happen in FIBA if Smart has one of his, like, occasional snappings? That, I, I have no idea how that would be handled. I, I assume there would be a suspension for a game or something. I mean, I don't know. It depend, depends on... What he does. Yeah, these are the things you think about when Team USA is just blowing out the Czech Republic. Yeah, right, right. Well, I mean, who was it that he really went after? What was the one? He went after JR. He went after the dude on the Hawks. That was the he Hawks one after... I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget Embry- who it was. DeAndre Bembry. Yes. Yeah. That one was – if he did that, he might he might get booted for a game or two. Uh... <laughs> yeah, like what, what would happen if that – if it was the Embiid thing where he just pushed a guy, I don't know. I don't know what the line is for FIBA for that. But uh, I think I think if he did the Bembry thing because he was really hot in that one, then and he was hot in the JR against JR Smith too. If it was either one of those type of things where he needed to be tackled, like I remember Jason Tatum tackling him. Jason saying, Tatum's always there. Yeah. He and Terry Rozier were always there, but. Rozier's not going to be there. Tatum's going to have to be on the floor when Smart snaps. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's going to take like something completely crazy, and I don't, I don't know if that's <laughs> going to happen. But there would be, that would be something. It would be something. Um, it would. It, it would be, and that would be damaging to the team. They, they need him. Uh, defensively, Team USA has so far to go defensively. Uh, even on those possessions where Marcus Smart was defending well. I remember one where it ended up in a Sadoransky dunk, but he he'd picked up Sadoransky, I think three quarter court or half court and was defending him well, but then he got blasted with a pick and there was no help whatsoever. The Sadoransky turned the corner after the pick and just went in for a dunk. So I think he's going to need smart is going to need some help, especially in, in FIBA. I don't know. It's going to be, it's going to be difficult to watch him go and defend guys. And if he keeps getting wrecked with picks, then I start to worry about his his safety out there because some 
big dudes that he's going to be going up against. Nobody bigger than he is. Well, no. But still, I mean, it only takes one good pick on the point of that shoulder to pop that thing. And I just don't want to see it. So uh, they need to they need to really step up their pick-and-roll defense and kind of help him out a little bit. Uh, Jalen Brown, since we're you know talking about our Celtics, we haven't mentioned much of Jalen Brown. Didn't do a ton. I thought he had some good situational performances. Uh, in that second quarter, there were a couple of good moves. He made a good cut to uh, help tear that zone apart. Uh, I think Jalen Brown's going to have like – these games like this where he's kind of floating along, he's doing little things here and there, and then all of a sudden he pops off for like an 18-point game. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. I, I I think his role on Team USA seems sort of similar to what his role was on the Celtics last year, where they just want him to defend and bring energy, and if he scores and gets opportunities, then cool. Like, awesome. He had one really explosive drive and finish. And he had a couple driving kicks, which were pretty patient, especially for normal Jalen Brown standards. Um, so I thought he, he played okay. It wasn't like he was bad at all. He, like He, he no. played fine. It, he had one kind of chase down block after he got beat a little bit. So he, he played well. It was just he didn't, didn't get many scoring opportunities. And I, I think, like you said, sometimes that'll happen. I think Mitchell and Kemba are the two lead guards. Obviously, I think Tatum will probably get the most shot attempts outside of those two guys. And then everybody else, it'll just kind of depend on the night. Yeah, well, Tatum and Donovan Mitchell both took 11 shots. Those were tied for the team lead. So that, that kind of falls in line with what you're saying. So, all right, well, that was one game against the Czech Republic. The next game is against Turkey. It's Tuesday morning, 8.30 Eastern time. So if you're in a different time zone, adjust from there. 8.30 Eastern time in Boston. So watch before work or at work. Get to work early and pop it on there and watch there. I think you can only watch it on ESPN+. Plus. Which, by the way, like, I think that's a little bit bullshit. Just to put it behind a paywall. Like, why can't, why can't just everybody watch Team USA? Why can't you just put the national team on ESPN or ESPN2 or NBA TV? I support paywalls for good content, man. I, I've got to say, I'm, 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 I'm on that side of the argument. I also found out recently that I am an ESPN Plus subscriber with the same account I've had on Insider for like 20 years. And I don't even know if I pay for it anymore. I think I pay for it and it just automatically comes out of my bank account every year. But... I'm not 100% sure I still pay for it. Well, when you're, I know, making, I know that Jay, I, when you're making that Jay King money, it's so easy to know. Like, who knows what's coming out of that account? You just uh, don't even have to pay attention to the dollars and cents. Yeah, I, I'm not sure that's exactly how, <laughs> how you would put it. <laughs> well, I would just like to see it on free TV. And I know it's only five bucks. Yeah, I think it's but, stupid. Like, it's Team USA. Like, for. Like, what the hell are they showing on ESPN News that they can't put the freaking game on? Come on. Right. Right. I, that, that's all. That's all. It's, it's Team USA. Put them on free TV, for God's sake. Or yeah. it's not even free TV. We're already paying for, like, I'm already paying for YouTube TV. And ESPN's already getting money off of that. Just they had Syracuse freaking Liberty football on the other day. And you yeah, can't put on Team USA. 
Yeah, no, no, no. I, I don't like that at all. So, but for now, it's on ESPN Plus. So it's five bucks. I think maybe maybe there's a, a week trial. If you check it out, there might be like a seven day trial where if you cancel within seven days, you don't have to pay for it. So maybe you get around around it that way. And maybe in the knockout rounds, it's going to be on free TV. I don't know, but if you can swing it, it's five bucks. If you can't. Then we'll have you covered here on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. So go ahead and give us that subscription. Subscribe to us. It's free. We're free. All you have to do is give us a good rating, a five-star rating, and a good review. That's the only form of payment we ask for. And also sharing the podcast and spreading the word, telling everybody to listen to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.